0: Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. Knowing that we're a people of faith, Southside has chosen that we will see opportunities where others will often only see an obstacle. And in a season that the world is facing where many are just seeing the obstacle of the sickness, we've seen the opportunity for us to focus more on intentional prayer, periods of solitude, time with family, sitting around the table and eating food together. We're so strong on prayer being our first, resort, our first response and not our last resort that we have put together a team that are praying 24-7 specifically for you, your family, our nation, and our world right now. During this time, we're also aware that at this point, we don't have a cure for the illness many are facing That means we need to focus on the one that does have the answers, that can bring the cure, and that is Jesus. God's response in the Old Testament to a guy called Moses that was leading God's people into freedom uh, at a period where they felt like they didn't have options and the enemy was about to take them out responds to Moses in his fear from Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. And we see that God's response to him is, the Lord will fight for you You need only to be still. It's a time right now in which we need to still ourselves, understanding God is sovereign when these circumstances don't make sense, and begin rediscovering the whisper of His voice that is very often drowned out by the busyness of our daily lives. As part of equipping you to do this, we would encourage you to start a five-day devotional that we will all start tomorrow morning, Monday, together from the U-Version Bible app that you can download on your phone. In fact, we're going to send you a link later today, which you can click on on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, and it will take you to the devotional, which you can then use over the next five days. The devotional is called the ruthless elimination of hurry. We have the opportunity to pray. We have the opportunity to embrace a level of solitude and silence and stillness before God as part of the journey and season we're in. And then we spoke about a focus on family and sitting around the table eating food together. This season may be one of the greatest opportunities to intentionally reconnect as a family with Jesus at the center and so we encourage you as a family to watch the Sunday services, which will continue over the next few weeks or for however long this situation faces us within the church and the world around us, and that you begin by maybe uh, listening to the service and then on Sundays having a meal around the table afterwards for lunch and starting by saying grace and holding hands and then asking everyone around the table to pray back to God one thing that they felt God Spoke to them out of the message they heard on our online church service just a while before. We also are going to do things to help you interact with us um, throughout the services, Um, and so there will be a Sunday where we actually break bread together, and we on our social media platforms will communicate that with you beforehand so you can prepare the, the grape juice and the bread and break bread with us together as I lead it from our online services, and you can involve the kids and the whole family in that. It's also very important that you follow us on social media because we will also be looking at ways that we can equip you to engage with your kids around Jesus. We're going to be sending out links to kids' Christian videos, and with that, we're going to be giving you downloadable material that you can use in doing activities and exercises while you're in the house and in the home together during this season. This also might be an opportunity for you to begin inviting friends to watch our services on digital platforms, especially those which are afraid of walking in the the doors of an actual church. And so we would encourage you, please ensure that you follow our link, that you subscribe to, to our YouTube channel, that you like it, and that you can find the opportunity to share it with someone else that could benefit from the experience. And so we are now in the first week of our new series, redefining freedom, living from the inside out. And as we prepare to set the scene for this journey we are starting today, I want us to do that by praying. And I want you, as a family, where you are in your lounge or wherever you are, to stand up with me and be intentional and interacting with me. And I'm going to invite my family onto the stage. If you guys can come and join us, and they're going to pray for you, and uh, we're going to pray together. And so. I'm going to ask um, Joel, our oldest son, to pray first. So kids, if you're watching this, Joel is going to be praying first. And you can close your eyes and mom and dad, hold hands like we are, and then Janine will pray for us before we start the series. Let's pray. God, please comfort us and protect us as we go through this time. I think that the fact that we can't all come together doesn't mean that we can't share the love of God and the word anywhere because you are everywhere. Amen. 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 Yes, Father, I thank you that even though we can't connect in the building, we can still connect with you through prayer. And Father God, we can hold each other up through prayer. And in this time, Father God, I pray that we could press into you, Father God, that we would press into what you have to say to us, Father. So I pray that you would open up our hearts and would you open up our spiritual ears to hear what you want to say to us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And so we're going to begin. When I was in school, in grade eight, I remember living for break time because I had the opportunity to go and play rugby. My mother freaked out because I'd come home every day with holes in the bottom of my socks because I was so excited to get on the field and play the game, I didn't even care about taking my socks off. For those in school during this period that didn't want to walk back into class hot and sweaty, they would go and sit in this big quad under the shade of a very large tree. In fact, this tree was so big that I could see its branches stretching high into the sky from the second floor of the school building. For years... Birds uh, perched in its branches, and scholars sat under the shade of this big tree. It was strong, and it looked steadfast. But then one day, without warning, while we were at break, the tree fell over. It collapsed with devastating effects. One of the scholars actually had to be airlifted to hospital because of their injuries, no one expected the tree to fall because externally it looked strong and healthy, but at closer inspection, its internal condition was sick. The external state of the tree could not sustain it while the internal condition was unhealthy. And that internal issue ended up taking the life of the tree and hurting others in the process. Here's the thought. Gaining the outside world doesn't help you if your inside world collapses. In Mark chapter 8 verse 36, Jesus says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul?" Now, we need to understand this statement as both speaking of a destination, but also as a diagnostic expression. In fact, John Ortberg, in his book Soul Keeping, explains and says, To lose my soul means I am no longer having a healthy center that organizes and guides my life. So... Today, as we begin our new series, Redefining Freedom, I want us to firstly acknowledge our soul and then to take ownership of our stories as we begin to journey into the future. I want us to do this by first asking ourselves, what is the soul? Like the tree that I described at my school, we all have an outer life and an inner life. The outer life is the visible me, my accomplishments, work, and reputation. Like the tree that externally had the reputation for being strong and providing good shade. And then there's my inner life. That's the part of me that's mostly invisible. Like the rot that no one could see in the tree. And this inner part of me is the place where my thoughts, my hopes, and my hurts live. Now, although you are very much a self, you are also a soul. You are not just what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. You might be self made in your strength, but your soul reminds you that you were created by God for God in his sovereignty beyond yourself. My deepest, most true self is my inner soul created by God. Not my man-made visible image defined by my accomplishments, work, and reputation. Dallas Willard described it this way. He said, you are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. We could think of ourselves in four parts. The will, the mind, the body, and the soul. The will is our capacity to choose. That's the part of us that can make choices, and this is what makes you a person and not a thing. The fact that you can choose your will. Then you have your mind, and this is where our thoughts and feelings live. And then we have our bodies, the shell that kind of carries um, the soul and the thoughts and and, and drives, uh, our, our actions uh, that are driven by the will are expressed through the body, but we aren't just the stuff that our bodies are made of. There is then the soul, and that is actually the outer circle because this circle is the one that integrates all of our different parts into a single person. Remember, John Ortberg explained earlier. To lose my soul means I no longer have a healthy center that organizes and guides my life, that guides my will, that guides my mind, that guides my body. So often we get caught up living from the outside in rather than the inside out. We seek to order our external world, assuming it will bring wellness to our internal one but this means that we're living from self instead of a healthy soul which integrates all our different parts into a single person in 2 corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 the author says when someone becomes a christian he becomes a brand new person inside he is not the same anymore a new life has begun This communicates salvation and transformation from the inside out. This means that true freedom is not found by removing external constraints, but caring for the internal condition of the soul, regardless of our external circumstances. We live from the inside out, not the outside in. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 9, Paul writes about internal freedom amidst external suffering. And he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. The external self may experience being hard-pressed, but the internal soul can declare, I'm not crushed. The external self may experience perplexity, but the internal soul can declare, I'm not hopeless. The external self may experience persecution, but the internal soul can declare, I'm not abandoned. The self May be struck down externally, but the internal soul can declare, I am not destroyed. It reminds me of the historic life of Horatio Spafford that I've often referred to when speaking to our congregation. Spafford was a follower of Jesus and a friend to the well known D.L. Moody. During the 1870s, Spafford went from a successful businessman, husband and father, to losing his business holdings in the Chicago fire of 1871. Just a while after this, his four daughters drowned while sailing to Europe, attempting to escape the anxiety and the suffering the fires had caused to their business. Spafford had stayed behind later to receive the news uh, of his daughter's death in a telegram from his distraught wife saying, Saved alone. He in response set sail to meet his wife and during his crossing he sailed near the place where his four daughters had sunk to the ocean's depths. There amid the sorrow he wrote what has become known as one of the greatest hymns of all time. It is well with my soul. As Spafford found himself imprisoned in loss and pain, he began to live from the internal soul, the strength of a healthy soul. He found an internal freedom when the external restraints of Pain and suffering could have consumed him. And we see this described in his words as he wrote the hymn When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffer, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his blood for my soul. When my world falls apart externally, I can be well within my soul by God's grace internally. But I need to ensure my saved soul remains healthy so I can declare those same words in the moments of my greatest trials and sufferings. Thinking of our current situation around the world with this coronavirus, Uh, I can take responsibility and avoid putting myself in places that increase my chance of contracting the virus. That's why as Southside Church, we love you too much to to gather, even in small groups. We prefer that you just stay in a safe place for as long as possible until this passes, and that's why we've chosen not to run uh, church services in honor of what our president has said, and also because we're over 100 increasing the risk. So I can take responsibility to avoid putting myself in places that increase my chance of contracting the virus, but if I choose to take the risk and I become unhealthy, then I have to own that in order to take steps toward healing. That means I go to a doctor and I surrender to his or her hand at work where I'm unhealthy. I take responsibility for my condition and surrender my sickness to the hands of those that can bring healing. You see, although Jesus is the healer of my soul, I am responsible for its condition. I can live with an unhealthy soul and never surrender to the hands of the healer, or I can own my story and care for my soul by seeking his assistance. Let's remember, your soul will live forever. And as John Ortberg says in his book, Soul Keeper, I and no one else am responsible for the condition Of my soul. Can I ask you today, what condition is your soul in? Is it well with your soul? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 in the New Testament says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in the presence, and not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In Ellicott's commentary on this verse, he says, Work out your own salvation. To work out is to carry out to completion what is begun. This is the function of man as fellow worker with God, first in his own soul and then among his brethren. We need to own our story by caring for the condition of our souls. If I own my story, I can care for the condition of my soul. The mistakes I've made, the bad decisions, the damage, the doubts, the pain from the past, I can own it. And I need to own it because only when I own my story can I take care of the condition of my soul. As we start this journey, I want us to become aware of that. Firstly, you are more than a self, you're a soul. And you need to take ownership of your story by caring for the condition of your soul. Because your life can either be a story of hard pressure on every side that shattered you or one in which you were not crushed. It can either be a story of perplexity that poisoned your hope or one where you did not despair. It can either be a story of the persecution that pushed you over the edge or one in which you were not abandoned. Or it can be a story in which you were struck down to death or a testimony that you were not destroyed. Just like Jesus crucified, defeating death, being risen from the grave so you and I could live in the fullness of eternal life. Our story can be a story written amid the external storm whereby with a healthy soul we can declare, it is well with my soul. You are more than a self. You're a soul, and you need to take ownership of your story by caring for the condition of your soul. Remember the story of the tree that I started with? Well, unlike that tree that was destroyed and hurt others, you and I as followers of Jesus are called to be healthy and produce fruit for the wellness of others. And so may we start this journey by acknowledging our souls, owning our stories, caring for the condition of our souls, and then trusting God to bring healing and freedom in the season of soul keeping. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 to 9, we are described as trees. The author writes, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, in a year of coronavirus. And it never fails to bear fruit, even when the world is overwhelmed by fear, And so right here, we are called to flourish, unlike the tree at my school. We're called to have a soul that's in a good condition because we're living aware of our soul and we're taking ownership of our stories without guilt and shame. And then we bear fruit in seasons where others are filled with fear. And then the author goes on to just describe something after that where he says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Begins by saying, those that trust in the Lord are blessed like trees that are healthy from the inside out. Then it reminds us that at the end of it, even on the inside, as we go on the journey of of looking after the condition of our souls, we can expect to experience some sinful struggles that have to do with the deceitfulness deceitfulness of our human hearts. The key is not to be perfect. But the key is to put your trust in God and be willing to go on the journey of acknowledging your soul, being willing to own your story in order to take care of its condition. I want us to pray. And I pray right now that you would have the courage to understand that you are not just a self but a soul and then begin to take ownership of your story so that you can embrace the journey of taking care of your soul as its soul keeper. For the power of our freedom is not in the removal of external restraints, but it's in a soul that's been saved and is strong in Christ Jesus, regardless of our external circumstances. Let's pray. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me where you are. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. Breathe out, and as you breathe, in, acknowledge that your soul is alive. Father, we come before you, and as we start this journey today, we desire to be like the tree described in Jeremiah chapter 17. Father, we acknowledge that very often we live with a focus on ourself, and we lose sight of being the keepers of the condition of our souls. But today, Father, we thank you that you've saved our souls, that you're the healer of our souls, and that we, by your power and and by our faith, can courageously step into the arena of caring for the inner part of who we are, without shame, never having to hide the very things that you so often want to heal. So today, we commit to that. We acknowledge that we are a soul. We choose to own our stories As you lead us to a place where we can live in the confidence of declaring, it is well with my soul.